Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Praise to you, O God, our salvation who is near. You hold us in your waiting and keep us awake to the world. You show up in our lives at unexpected times. Bless us as we light this candle to keep vigil for your arrival. We trust that even though we do not know the day or the hour, you hurry to gather all people to your peace. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be God's name forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, save us from the threatening dangers of our sins. And enlighten our walk in the way of your salvation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. That was an alarm. When we hear an alarm, it's meant to wake us up. I don't actually have an alarm clock on my phone. Those sitting in the sanctuary can see that I am wearing my alarm clock. My very small infant still wakes me up every morning. And my daughter, my four-year-old, she is gently woken up by her dad if she doesn't wake up on her own. But others who have alarm clocks are familiar with a noise to wake you up. Now, when your alarm clock goes off, do you want to get up? I, I know that I don't. Some people are morning people and get up right away, but I don't want to. I want to stay asleep. Advent is a time that we are called to wake up, to wake up and prepare for the birth of Jesus. We wait and we wonder about Jesus' coming. We learn about the Advent wreath and the calendars, which we talked about earlier how uh, they, the ones that are filled with candy start on December 1st, but Advent really starts before then. Those calendars tell us how much longer we need to wait. There are many things that we can be waiting for, such as the tree and the presents. And all those things can be hard to wait for, but are very exciting, just like the birth of Jesus. Sometimes waiting feels hard, sometimes it is exciting, and it can be different for everyone else. But we all know in this time of Advent that we're waiting for something great. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this alarm to get up and prepare Help us in our waiting to be excited for Jesus' birth. Amen. Please be seated. 
rise as you are able. Let us together welcome the gospel. describes his second coming as a sudden turbulent event that will bring about deep change to our normal day-to-day lives. Therefore, he urges people to stay awake, be aware, and wait expectantly because the Son of Man will come unannounced. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, about that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were so, so it will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks. May be seated. Stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. Uh, Amanda already talked about alarms. And yes, there are some of us who are very fond of our snooze button. I am one of them. Big fan of the snooze button. But um, stay awake is an interesting message for us in this day and time because a lot of us don't get enough sleep. There are a lot of us who undervalue how important sleep is to our well-being. And not just sleep, but rest in general. He's talking about staying awake in a metaphoric sense. We need sleep. Sleep is a gift. Rest is a gift. And we cannot be healthy without it. But what we really need to do is stay aware. Stay aware of what's going on. Stay aware of when God is coming into our lives and what that means for our lives. There's some funky stuff that people do with this text. I will tell you, it's people like to take it literally and make it sound like like people are going to be literally snatched up. And while I I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, I will say that that is not substantially supported scripturally. Uh, it's, 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 let's just say most of the biblical scholars now will talk about this passage being about not knowing, not knowing 
when Christ is coming into our lives and is transforming the world, and also not, not being able to sort out who's, who is going to be transformed at what time. By the two plowing in a field, it's two plowing in a field, or two, um, what's the other one? Thank you, thank you. Have you ever heard people who have, have experienced a natural disaster and their home was saved, but their next door neighbors was not? I said, I don't know why, I don't know why God chose to save mine. We don't know why. It's not just with a home. I mean, there's all sorts of, you can, you can come up with various natural disasters. You can come up with, with economic crises. You can come up with COVID. Uh, just there are, there are a whole lot of situations in which it's not by our own merit that we are, we are prevented from from encountering that particular crisis. Now, most of us prefer to deal with the things that we can, can attribute to something we've done. Most of us prefer. I say I worked hard, I saved hard, I, I did this health activity, I hung out with these people, I, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you think is going to, to make make things go smoothly for you. But the reality is it doesn't stop any of us from encountering trauma, and it doesn't stop any of us from experiencing the randomness of particular situations, nor is it the fault of people who experience trauma and disaster that they do. Because if we think we're in the clear because of something that we do, because of some amount of church devotion or because of some particular religious practice or church confession, the implication is that we think people who are burdened are responsible for that. And neither are the good things that happen to us our fault, nor are the bad things that happen to us or other people their fault. However, most people will tell you who've experienced a crisis or a trauma, I would never have chosen this. And in fact, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. However, this is how it changed me. This is how it changed my perspective. This is how it changed my sense of urgency. This is how it made me appreciate the people I love. This is how it made me appreciate the gift of community, the gift of faith, the gift of having work that's important to me, the gift of my parents who drove me nuts, but oh my goodness, what a gift. When we experience those crises, 
I said, we said, yeah, would, have picked, would not have signed up for this, however. And sometimes it takes longer than others because some hurts are deeper than others. And some hurts we just have to carry a lot longer before we can see what God is using them for. So this whole two people will be plowing or raking or whatever it is that they're going to be doing, and one will be snatched up, we are going to encounter crises and burdens. And we're going to have to sort out within that in what way am I being called to live differently? In what way should this transform my life? One of the things that is, is problematic about using this text literally is that it makes it sound like either or. And anybody who has ever disciplined a child, well, disciplined anybody that you had to, but disciplined a child, you know that discipline isn't an either or. You're on Santa's good list or bad list, right? They're going to heaven or hell. That's, that's not the way we love. Why would we think that God somehow would love us any less? When we feel the need to discipline our kids, when we're at our best, we think, what is it that will be transformative for this kid? Or what is it that this kid need to, needs to restore because of the impact that it's had on somebody else? What action do I need to require of this kid in order for them to repair the brokenness that they have caused and to be repaired in the brokenness that they're experiencing. So when we're encountering these transformations of the coming of the kingdom, the sudden breaking in, and sometimes they are sudden moments, it's not either or, not loved or not. We're always loved in it. We are always loved in it. But sometimes we might have to face that there's something needs to change about us. And that's usually the focus of the first Sunday in Advent. It's really confronting our own brokenness. It's about saying, how do I stay alert to the fact that of my own will, of my own effort, of my own being, I cannot be good enough. I will never be good enough on my own. On the other hand, I will never have to be good enough because God's going to love me because God chose to call me good enough. Also, dealing with kids, if you've ever parented, you know that you cannot make your kids who you want them to be. Go ahead and try. You'll end up unhappy, they'll end up unhappy, and it won't work. I'm going to venture to guess that nobody here has ever successfully made somebody else be the way that they wanted them, right? Can't do it. We just don't have control over it. 
And we have to remember that similarly, God doesn't have control over us because God's given us freedom to make choices. But God does have the control over loving us. And God does offer to take the burden away. Stop doing that, sometimes God says. Not because I'm going to threaten to punish you, but because it's bad for you. Or it's bad for your community. Conversely, start doing this. Not because it's a rule, but because it's good for you. Because you experience love and strength and presence in it. So, when you're making your list, because we're looking at Advent, so I want you to think about making an Advent list, and instead of getting something each day of Advent, getting a chocolate or whatever, I'd like you to think every day, okay, what do I want to turn over to God today? I have to go through the formal confession. What do I want to turn over to God today? What do I want to get rid of before Christmas? Not about cleaning out your closets, but what do I want to get rid of in me? Or what would I like to let go of? What do I think God's calling me to let go of? Let's all make Adventless. And I will not ask you to turn them into me, but go ahead and do it anyway. Just give something, give something to God and ask that God free you from it. Because that's the birth of the Christ, is so that we can suddenly be free of all the many ways that we are inclined to be disobedient and harmful and destructive and be thereby prepared to receive that healing empowering, transforming, indwelling of Emmanuel.
us confess together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Before we start the prayers, I have a note that congregation will be B and I will lead with A.
This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Eternal God, you make the desert bloom and send springs of water to thirsty ground. Receive these simple gifts of bread, wine, and money and make us messengers of your mercy and love for all in need of your healing and justice. We ask this through Christ our Savior. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together the mission of the resurrection of the Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. God, the eternal word, who dwells with us in Jesus and who holds us in the grace of the Holy Spirit. Bless you now and forever. Thank you. 
Christ is near. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.